You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Never skip the basics. In investing, many people, doctors included, assume they know the basics. Stay tuned to hear the most vital investment basics. Welcome to The Art of Investing. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me in the studio today is Peter Maris, a certified financial planner and retirement planning specialist in the Chicagoland area. Peter is president of the Resource Financial Group, a firm specializing in comprehensive financial planning. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Larry. Thank you for having me. Peter, we always hear that you're supposed to diversify your portfolio. Tell me a little bit about what that actually means. Well, diversification is a familiar concept to most investors. We hear it all the time. In its most general sense, it can be summed up with the phrase, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, the true goal of diversification is to help us to reduce risk in a portfolio and that portfolio is there to help us to reach our goals. You mentioned the word risk. I deal with risk as a physician every day. You know, every decision I make has some risk associated with it. Is this the same kind of risk, or is investment risk different than normal risk? It is different, Larry. In our world, risk is defined as volatility. The ups and downs that your portfolio experiences as the markets go up and down. So risk in a balanced portfolio isn't truly defined as you know, losing all your money or something terrible happening but more on lines of ups and downs, volatility. I don't like volatility. I hate seeing the market plummet one day. It, it freaks me out. So is there a way that I can diversify so that when that happens, I am not emotionally affected? Do I choose a more conservative diversification? Is that the answer? Well, you see, you don't like to see your money go down. Nobody even, does, I imagine. Nobody does, except even risk-averse investors don't like to see their money go down. But what you have in a portfolio is you choose a level of balance based on your goals. If you could reach your goals by putting all your money into a CD and going and playing golf and forgetting about it, I think a lot of us would do that. But the truth is we need to get better rates of return than a CD can offer. As a result, we put our money in items or in investments that offer us better rates of return like stocks and bonds and real estate investment trusts. So risk is the price you pay, let's say the emotional price you pay, for getting a better rate of return than you're getting a CD. When you meet your clients, can you assess their comfort level of risk and figure out just by talking with them where you should kind of put them? It's a great place to start. I think most of us think we're risk-averse investors or would like to take on great amounts of risk and volatility when times are good. When the market's going up, everybody wants to be a, an aggressive investor. But over time, when the markets go up and down, we gauge at that point how our clients react to the volatility and adjust the portfolio accordingly. Do aggressive portfolios do better than conservative portfolios over time, or is it just what you're comfortable with? Over time, all else being equal, a more aggressively allocated portfolio will do better than a more conservatively managed portfolio. But again, the price you pay is the risk, the volatility. Right. You have to be on sleeping pills every night. So Certain times. Peter, tell me a little bit about asset allocation. What does that mean? Asset allocation is a formal term for basically the process of effectively putting assets together to build a portfolio tailored to your personal needs. It's the process of taking investments, risk investments, conservative investments, putting them all together to build a portfolio. That's known as asset allocation. How about an example for us non-investment people? Let's say you're at a cocktail party. Somebody pours you a glass of Macallan 12 and you're enjoying it. And a group comes up and they start talking about investments. And they say, uh, you know, I'm 60-40, I'm 70-30. You start to wonder what they're talking about. Well, 60-40 refers to 60% stocks, 40% bonds, or 70% stock, 30% bonds. So that's a, a certain balance of stocks to bonds. Where all else being equal, 
a moderate portfolio is approximately 60% stocks and 40% bonds. So in layman's terms, 60% risk investments, 40% low-risk investments. I need you to tell me a little bit about exactly what a bond is. A bond is similar to an IOU. So as an example, when you buy a bond, let's say you buy a bond from IBM, you're loaning IBM some money. You're loaning IBM $1,000, and they're paying you interest. They're paying you, you know, what they call on the street, juice on your money. So if you lend them $1,000 at a 6% interest rate, they'll pay you $60 per year, every year that they have your $1,000. And at the end of the term of the bond, they'll pay you back your $1,000. So bonds are similar to IOUs with an interest rate. It sounds nice. I mean, that sounds, I would sleep well at night if I had someone giving me a 6% every year all day long. What's the risk of the bond? Is it the risk that IBM's going to go out of business? That's what it is. If you look at the safest bonds in the world are United States Treasury bonds. Because for you not to get your money back, Larry, the government would have to go out of business. So has the government ever defaulted on their bonds? Never. But we don't know that that's going to continue forward. Well, there's issues, the growing deficit, the war in Iraq, obviously, which are very commonly referred to issues. Our United States government goes out of business. We have a lot more problems than our money. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a new show, The Art of Investing on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and joining me in the studio today is Peter Maris, president of Resource Financial Group. We're talking about the basics of investing. Peter, we're talking about government bonds, and I don't remember, but I know there was a concept known as war bonds. Have they issued those for these wars, or we don't need it? We're just borrowing it from China. And we're borrowing it from somebody. Uh, China's a big investor in the United States, but also so is Europe and Japan. So the general obligation bonds, the United States Treasury bonds, are used to finance the war, finance the government, finance the IRS and the roads, everything. So they're just one type of bond now, Larry. No more war bonds. Let's say that I am a person of limited means, and I am very conservative, and I'm scared about my child's future education. I want money to grow. I want something really simple. I want to avoid paying lots of fees to managers. I want to pick one place to put all my money. I know you said don't put it all in one basket, but I want to pick one balanced place. Can I pick a fund that is what you said made up of stocks and bonds? Absolutely. There are balanced mutual funds out there, and there's a new breed of balanced funds known as target funds or asset allocation funds. An example you know, you work with somebody or determine on your own what your risk level is, and these funds will allocate your money based on your risk level. So let's say on a 1 to 10 scale there, you consider yourself a 5, somewhere in between, somewhere down the middle. I'm actually a 6, Peter. 6, all right? We'll go a little higher for Larry as a 6, put them in the moderate range. There are mutual funds that, single mutual funds where you put all your money, and they diversify it among many sub-funds, rebalance it every quarter so put the money back into the original allocation when things change in terms of performance. And it's really one-stop shopping. And as a professional, initially we thought that these were more remedial investments and they wouldn't do as well as a actively managed portfolio, but they've done quite well over time. So that makes your job way easier. It does. But for more sophisticated portfolios, people with large sums of money, there's other issues such as tax issues and estate planning that these funds don't address. And that's where the professional comes in and we earn our money. So are these the funds that you see advertised, the 2020 funds, the 2030 funds? Let's say you want to retire in the year 2030, you would pick the 2030 fund and it does all the work for you? These are the funds, uh, that's one firm's product name for their target asset allocation funds. But the negative there is you say a 2020 fund. The fund is invested 
the fund is assuming that you'll retire in the year 2020. In other words, you'll need all your money in the year 2020. If you're going to retire in the year 2020, you're going to start needing your money in that year. But hopefully you'll let, live another 20, 30 years. So you need to be a little more aggressive than those funds by the year. But they have the right idea. Peter, uh, I see on TV a lot companies saying it's time to come in and get a tune-up and rebalance your portfolio. Why do I need to do that? What happened to the just buy and hold? Buy and hold works in some ways. And being a market timer or trying to rebalance works in some ways. So what you want to do is a combination of that, Larry. As an example, if you have a stock that's done really well or a mutual fund that's done really well in 2006 and one that hasn't done so well, what you want to do is take some money off the table, take some of your earnings and move them over and put your allocation back to its original starting point. Otherwise, what's going to happen is over time, because of markets moving different ways, your balance is going to be thrown off. So as a result, you know, rebalancing is important. Well, what if you got a fund that's doing great and you think psychologically, well, I got a winner here. I want to run with this one. I don't want to rebalance because it's doing so well. It, it seems kind of psychologically difficult to want to rebalance. What do you do in that case? Well, we hear that all the time, Larry. We want to rebalance a client's portfolio. And they say, well, this fund has done so well. Why would we sell it? Well, because if things don't do well forever and nobody ever went broke, Larry, by taking some money out of a winning investment and putting it into a bond or something conservative. I'm not sure if you heard the old adage, you know, taking some money off the table like they do in Vegas, but after you make some money in a portfolio in a particular stock, it never hurts to take some money and move it. What's the expression? Is it cows go to market and pigs get slaughtered? That's one of them. There's nothing wrong with taking a profit, and, and the more greedy you are, the more likely you are to get burned. And that's so true, and that's why money is, is very emotional. That's another way that a professional advisor can help you, is they help you take the emotion out of your investments, because it's hard to sell investments that are doing well, and it's hard to buy those that are not doing well, but potentially will. And that's where professional really helps out, helps you take the emotion out of your money. Should this be done yearly, quarterly? How often should you rebalance? At least once a year. Some professionals do it quarterly, semi-annually. But if you do it once a year, keep your asset allocation model in place, you'll do fine. Peter, I, like other physicians, have magical thinking. And I believe that I can time the market, that I can pick the highs and I can pick the lows Obviously, I'm wrong most of the time. I should do the opposite of what I want to do. So tell me about market timing. Is that something we should do? Is that something professionals do? I mean, if you're rebalancing portfolios, in essence, you are somewhat timing the market. You are, but the classic definition of market timing is putting all your money in stocks or bonds at a particular time and moving it out at another time. So you're trying to pick the highs and lows of the market. And people who try to do that, Larry... It's not a question of if they'll be wrong. It's when they'll be wrong and how often. Even some of the best market timers have done well for a certain period of time, maybe three or four years, five years, during a particular cycle. They made a right reputation for themselves during market cycles where they've done well for three, four, five years. But once the market changes, then you know, their return is no better than somebody who has a balanced portfolio and never pulled the money out of the market. Peter, last question. I am getting to the point where I realize I need someone to manage all my money, that I'm not good at it. It's taken me about 20 years to figure that out. How do I go about finding someone who's qualified and who I like and who I trust? How do I do that? The best place to start is to look for individuals with situations that you feel are similar to yours and simply ask them, who are you using? Most people, if they're happy with their advisor, will be glad to refer them on. And what I recommend is the old-fashioned stockbrokers, you know, they do well for most people. But for physicians who 
have a practice. They spend a lot of hours educating themselves, keeping up with the trends, keeping up with the changes in techniques. You need somebody who does comprehensive financial planning, somebody who look at your investments, but will also look at your estate planning situation, review your income taxes, talk to you about your insurances and the rest. Do comprehensive planning. So all you need to do is basically show up to your meetings, and they'll have an agenda for you. Uh, we've seen the biggest mistakes happen for people when they try to approach their financial situation in a piecemeal approach. In other words, they'll go to one individual for investments, another individual for insurance. They have a lawyer for their estate plan. They have a CPA for their taxes. But nobody to take a look at your overall situation in a cohesive unit. That's what you need to do. Look for comprehensive financial planning company. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank our guest, Peter Maris, president of Resource Financial Group. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to The Art of Investing on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.